John Mark, Joe Bud, Hate Street. This is TheBeelPot.com. The Week in Georgia in English, coming to you from San Francisco's Lower Hate, international capital of lowering hate. Today is Thursday, the 18th of October, 2018. 18 days away from the historically crucial U.S. elections. Make sure your friends vote on this date in 1009. Fatima Caliph al-Hakim Ibn Amir Allah orders the destruction of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, leading some Christian countries in Europe to get confused, blame the Jews, as always, and expel them from certain areas. 1867, the United States takes possession of Alaska after purchasing it from Russia for $77.2 million. 1912, as his forces enter the First Balkan War, Peter I of Serbia issues a declaration uh, to the Serbian people saying that the Turkish government has neglected its people, including Serbs, Greece, and Albanians, and to all of them we bring freedom, brotherhood, and equality. 1921, the Crimean Autonomous Socialist Soviet Republic is established. 1963, Parisian stray Felicet becomes the first cat in space and remains the only cat to have survived spaceflight. 1991, the Supreme Council of Azerbaijan adopts a declaration of independence from the Soviet Union. Birthdays are... 1925, the last communist, communist leader of Albania and the first post-communist president, Ramiz Tafe Alia. 1932, Lithuanian president, campaigner uh, Vitalis Landis Bergas, and in 1939, American assassin of President John F. Kennedy, Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm your host, Mark Mullen. If you'd like to comment on the forum or ask a question, go to tapilpod.com or send us an email at tapilpod at gmail.com. For those interested in democracy in general or the U.S. election specifically, be sure to listen to the daily micro-podcast Turnout Tsunami. Try the web app bethewave.vote, turnoutsunami.org, bethewave.vote, each focusing on helping your friends vote um, and helping them do so. If you, uh, if you want to, also, it's in Spanish at tsunamidevotos.org. Mirza Subeliani, former official with the prosecutor's office that has been detained for interfering with the investigation into the Chodava Street murders, is threatening to release terabytes of recordings of senior officials that he says could bring down the Otsnava government. Subeliani is on trial for failing to report a crime in relation to the controversial murders last December of two teenagers in Tbilisi and a parliamentary commission also suggested that he be investigated for abuse of power pressuring witnesses, giving false testimony before Parliament, and hindering the investigation. His son was apparently involved in the fight that led up to the killings, and his nephew is one of the main witnesses, but has also been accused of being involved in the murders. According to Rustaviori, Subeliani agreed to go to prison for a year to save the country and wasn't arrested until he agreed to be because he was backed by 50 men armed with automatic rifles. Funny how that works. At around the same time of his arrest, there were large protests because the prosecution had failed to identify who killed one of the boys, and the recordings imply that Subeliani's arrest was intended to defuse the protest. Subeliani also says the recordings that the authorities would have arrested um, his nephew long ago, but the arrest would dismantle the underlying case, and thus they have not done so. He apparently told a TV station that he is now unhappy with the deal and may release Compromat featuring details of law enforcement abuses that he assisted with, including kidnapping and torture in some high-level cases and incriminating details about officials, including former Prime Minister Irakli Kharabashvili and Refugee Minister Sosar Subadi, who, by the way, his name used to be Subeliani. 
The cases uh, he claims to have been involved in include a case against United National Movement Interior Minister and Prime Minister Vano Medabashvili and against Misha Saakashvili's ally and former minister Basho Akhalaya. In the Akhalaya case, he reportedly claims to have tortured witnesses in order to convict Akhalaya of torture. He also names three former chief prosecutors, Archil Kapilashvili, Otar Patskaradze, and Irakli Shotadze, as having either used him as a fixer or as having condoned his activities. Partskaladze has recently been in the news as a participant in another series of recorded conversations featuring Omega Group owner and Alliance of Patriots member Zaza Ukuashvili that allege high-level corruption in the Otsneba government. Rustaviotti aired six recordings apparently documenting conversations between Subeliani, Otsneba member of parliament Victor Japaridze, and former refugee ministry official David Khutzeshvili inside of Tbilisi's Guldani prison number eight, in which they discuss agreements and interior minister Georgi Gakharia's role in the affair. The conversations refer to the Okashvili affair, another political recording scandal, which dates them to either this month or September. Japadize did not deny the authenticity of the recordings, but called Subeliani incoherent because of the stress of imprisonment and said not to take what Subeliani says seriously. Subeliani claims to have many more recordings and says that if he could receive political asylum somewhere else, he would fuck over the whole country. Prosecutor's office said that they began an investigation into the recording several days before they were released, looking for unlawful collection and disclosure of personal information, coercion, unauthorized recordings, and use of private communication, and abuse of official powers. According to their statement, a prison official claims to have been blackmailed into making the recordings and that they are also investigating possible violations revealed by them. They also say the official may have been coerced into releasing the recordings, and that there are several more unreleased recordings, and that a preliminary analysis of the recordings indicate that they may have been staged. Rustaviotti also claims to have unreleased recordings, which contain more grave facts. And, of course, the prosecutor's office released some of their own recordings that they say came from the same source and are of Subeliani and Japarize again, in which Subeliani appeared to contradict earlier claims about torture and abuse by law enforcement officials and accuses UNM members and Rustaviotti director Nikik Varamia of offering him money and a quick release from prison in exchange for falsely accusing the government of crimes. However, due to the stilted and strained manner that the men speak in the recording, uh, the fact that both conversations discuss the exact same topics but months apart and with slightly different perspectives, along with the lack of explanation as to why he would be speaking to Japaridze about this, some people, including senior UNM officials, believe that the new recordings are staged to cover up the old ones. First recordings are apparently full of expletives, while the second ones are formal and long-winded and sound to some listeners as if they are reading from a script. The day before the prosecutor's office released the new tape, Kvaramia said that he had received information that Japarize had visited Goldani prison number eight in order to record new conversations. Kvaramia later added that it was suspicious that Japarize would have heard about Subeliani's plans to falsify, to falsely accuse Osneva's officials of a crime, but then not told anyone in his own party about it until after the recordings were released in the media. Uh-huh. A permission apparently given uh, by parliamentary speaker Irakli Kobachidze for Japarize to visit Subeliani in prison on the 14th of October 
the day Rustavioni released their recordings has increased suspicion about the prosecutor's recordings. Giapponese appears to have had the official permission to visit Subeliani five times in July, September, and October. Otsneba representatives accused Rustavioti and UNM of creating negativity in society, engaging in brainwashing, and using practices similar to Russian propaganda. Soon after the most recent recording was released, Subeliani's lawyers and special penitentiary services both announced that Subeliani had tried to kill himself the previous day. UNM coalition president candidate Grigol Vashadze said that the recording showed that the scale of treason plotted against Georgia that we must neither the state nor the government, the state is being run by armed, uh, we have neither the state nor the government, the state is being run by armed criminal units, and that Bidina Ivanishvili has created several mchedrionis that have taken over Georgia. He also called for snap parliamentary elections to be held as soon as possible after the presidential election. Labor's candidate, Shalvanatha Lashvili, said that the oligarchs have incarcerated the Georgian state in a basement, while Otsneva endorsed independent Salome Zorobashvili just expressed discomfort with living in a Soviet period of secret recordings. Transparency International's uh, international organization uh, released a statement this week expressing concern about state capture and attacks on civil society by members of the government that could hamper the work of election observers. They added that for many years, Georgia has been one of the top performing countries in the region on anti-corruption and good governance, that the recent backsliding on democratic governance is extremely troubling, and it would be a great shame if Georgia's progress towards improved civil rule of law would turn instead towards kleptocracy and impunity for corruption. The timing of the recording release has brought comparisons to the 2012 election when recordings of abuses in prisons contributed to the Otsneba win. President Georgi Margvelashvili has invoked his constitutional right to ask the prime minister to call a cabinet meeting in order to discuss the effective functioning of state institutions and protection of citizens' rights and freedoms, as he is alarmed by the Iberia TV and Omega Group affairs and says that the issues are neither laughable nor ludicrous, as Otsneba officials have labeled them. In the same set of remarks, he also reminded the, the Georgian army that it is valued and spoke against the industrial cultivation of drugs, saying that cannabis production would harm Georgia's international reputation. Georgia Young Lawrence Association, the International Society for Fair Elections and Democracy, and the hardest working NGO in the caucus is Transparency International Georgia, reported last week that they have evidence of municipal authorities in several regions mobilizing support for Otsneba-endorsed independent presidential candidate, you guessed her, Chester, Salome Zurbashvili, in violation of electoral laws regarding coercion pressure and the use of administrative resources. They report that employees of municipality-run nonprofit legal entities were asked to fill out forms with personal details about 10 people likely to vote. Some employees told the NGOs that they felt they could speak out about the issue, but they felt that, uh, that they could not speak out about the issue because they fear being fired. Parliamentary Speaker Kobachidze said this week that the UNM cannot have the illusion that they will win the presidential elections and that instead UNM is considering a proto-revolutionary scenario, but that Otsneba would prevent even minor turmoil. This is always the last retreat of the confused but paranoid government officials before elections. The other side means instability and chaos. Remember this under Shepard Nadze? I do. Iberia TV has stopped broadcasting, saying that it can't, a campaign by the government 
to shut them down has succeeded and that they no longer have the funds to keep broadcasting. They say that the government has artificially created financial problems for Omega Group Tobacco, a large source of funds for Omega Group, which owns Iberia. On the 16th, their station began broadcasting the message, the authorities have closed down Iberia. Iberia was also shut down in 2004 during a tax evasion investigation and only had its license restored in 2015. The chief prosecutor's office announced this week that three former officials of the Interior Ministry's Department of Constitutional Security, SODI, have been charged with planning to assassinate Russian-Georgian billionaire Badri Patrakatsashvili in 2007. Patrakatsashvili was a Rose Revolution supporter that quickly came into opposition with Misha Saakashvili's government, founded Imedi TV, ran against Misha in the 2008 presidential election, and was charged in absentia planning a coup. He died in London of a heart attack shortly after the charges were filed in his aborted presidential run. His family said that they believe the official they believe the official cause of death, which was heart attack, but others maintain that the circumstances of his death were suspicious. Former DCS official Georgi Medavashvili was recently arrested while three other officials, Levan Kardava Rebas, Shukashvili, uh, and one other, have been uh, convicted in other unrelated cases. The case here also rests on audio recordings, which appear to show DCS officials trying to recruit Patrakatsashvili's bodyguard and, uh, and meeting to plot the assassination. The recruiting official also is recorded saying that Misha has personally sh- sanctioned the hit. The recordings were apparently found in one of the suspect's homes in 2016. Prose- prosecution also has evidence that Patrakatsashvili was under surveillance at the time. The question of what happened to Patrakatsashvili is important. We now find that the Kremlin was killing people all over the place, particularly London, often disguised as heart attacks. Patrakatsashvili was only in his 50s, but his father also died young of a heart attack, if I remember correctly. Some uh, commentators have expressed doubts about the timing of the arrest, implying that it is intended to distract from Okoashvili and Subeliani recordings, but the prosecutor's office say that Charges weren't brought earlier because the case needed to be fully investigated and required a high level of technical expertise. They also say that the investigation is ongoing and that the current defendants face up to 20 years in prison. Saakashvili commented saying that the new case was evidence of the agony of Otsneba um, that it's currently going through and that he knows that the recordings are staged because security service officials would never have said his name while discussing something like this. Patrakatsashvili's family said that the announcements were a big shock to them, but that they hope that everyone who planned this evil act, from those ordering it to those executing it, will face the full force of justice and God. United States National Security Advisor John Bolton uh, is scheduled to visit Russia, Azerbaijan, Armenia, Georgia, beginning in the 20th, in order to advance American interests on a range of security issues. Georgian Foreign Ministry says that Bolton will be here to discuss a wide range of bilateral issues, including defense and security cooperation and the possible signing of a free trade agreement between the U.S. and Georgia. George Kent, the recently appointed U.S. Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for Caucuses in Eastern Europe, visited Georgia last week on the 11th through the 13th following a trip to Azerbaijan and preceding a trip to Armenia. He met with a number of officials, presidential candidates and business people, While here, among other things, he talked about the upcoming elections, saying, we understand that elections in every country, including our own, oftentimes moments of heated rhetoric, but we hope that dialogue between Georgians 
can remain civil, and in particular that members of civil society are not attacked for their rights as citizens to express their views. Foreign Minister David Zalikiani visited Luxembourg on the 15th for the annual Eastern Partnership Ministerial Meeting with the foreign ministers of the six EAP countries and 28 EU countries. They discussed progress on the road to EU integration, prep prepared for 2019, the 10-year anniversary of the partnership. Zalikiani met independently with Irish Foreign Minister Simon Kovny, Romanian State Security Dan uh, Nicolescu, and Austrian Foreign Minister Karen Knissel. Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe passed a resolution on the 10th calling for unlimited access to disputed territories, including South Ossetia and Abkhazia, for international human rights monitoring mechanisms. In the resolution, they would uh, they welcomed a visit of the Council of Europe Committee uh, for the Prevention of Torture and Inhuman uh, Degrading Treatment or Punishment to Abkhazia and expressed hope that South Ossetia would also uh, allow the committee to visit. The 45th round of Geneva international discussions met on the 9th and 10th. Representatives from Georgia, Russia, South Ossetia, Abkhazia, and the United States discussed resuming incident prevention and response mechanism meetings. The case of several people killed in Abkhazia and South Ossetia in the last few years, ethnic discrimination towards Georgians in Gali, the Luger Lab, access to international forums like the UN and other topics, participants in the discussion called each other destructive, accused each other of politicizing and aggregate, aggravating various situations and so on. The GID chairs from the UN, EU, and OSCE released a statement on the 10th anniversary of the discussions noting that the most central issues have still not been resolved and that substantial discussions on key issues had not been held recently and that further work is required. 146 students from Abkhazia and South Ossetia have enrolled in Georgian universities this year, mostly coming from Abkhazia's Gali district. 25-year-old human rights activist Vitali Safarov was fatally stabbed outside of Tbilisi's Warsaw Bar off Freedom Square early in the morning on the 30th of September. Safarov, a Tbilisi native with Jewish and Yazidi ancestry, was killed following a fight with people reported to be members of a neo-Nazi group. Conflict apparently began when the people that would kill him confronted Safarov for speaking Russian with some tourists in front of the bar instead of speaking Georgian, which escalated into a larger conflict about Georgian identity. Police arrested two suspects in their 20s, one for murder and one for failing to report a crime and recovered a knife believed to be the murder weapon. Safarov's family says that he was attacked with brass knuckles as well as a knife. The Tbilisi-based Human Rights Center and Center for Participation and Development, where Safarov worked as arguing with the, the murder, should be reclassified as a hate crime and as a murder committed by a group instead of a simple murder um, that it is currently classified as by the authorities and have also criticized the police for not informing Safarov's family quickly enough. A CPD representative also reported that the minor, that a minor uh, that the police are treating as a witness actively participated in the killing and that the attackers had visible Nazi symbols on them. The attackers have apparently known, uh, are apparently known for coming to nearby bars and harassing people and have previously been reported to the police to little effect. The Georgian women's movement led a protest on the 16th in front of the Chancellery in Tbilisi accusing law enforcement of ignoring bride abduction cases, and particularly the case of a 17-year-old Azeri girl from Lambalo village, uh, Lambalo village in Kacheti who was forcibly kidnapped from her home last week while eating dinner with her 12-year-old sister. 
She apparently did not know the kidnappers and was dragged away screaming and choking. The Interior Ministry says that an investigation is underway, but the women's movement says the authorities know who did it and are intentionally delaying the investigation in hopes that the families resolve the conflict themselves. The girl's family says that they know who did it, but that the police have done nothing and that they want to make sure that she hasn't been physically harmed. A Rustaviotti journalist and cameraman say that they were beaten and had their cameras confiscated and footage deleted by workers of the China Railway 23rd Bureau, a Chinese state-owned company working in the railway in village Kvirshketi near Khashuri. The company says that the journalist trespassed and provoked the workers, but that the workers were just trying to ensure safety. The journalist says that they were interviewing people in a place with no warning signs prohibiting them from being there, while the company says they were in an area that required safety gear. Police arrested the acting head of the site and an interpreter for violence and interfering with the journalist's professional activities. Employees of the company were also investigated for violence in November 2016 when three employees were arrested after injuring four locals that were gathering wood. Transparency International Georgia's executive director, Eke Gigaudi, has received messages containing derogatory language and threats of physical violence. The organization says that threatening and insulting private messages intensified after high-level government officials, including the chairperson of parliament and a number of members of parliament, began an aggressive campaign against non-government organizations last week. Reports of increased challenges for Middle Eastern and African residents of Georgia have continued in the last few weeks, along with challenges entering the country, even from people who should have visa-free access to Georgia, the challenge is renewing residency, even for people with business interests, investments, property in the country. There appear to be new banking barriers for residents from certain countries. Unofficial reports say that bank accounts of people from Iran, Syria, North Korea, Iraq, Ghana, Nigeria, Pakistan, Yemen, Afghanistan, Sudan, Somalia, and Cuba, and perhaps other countries are being shut down by Georgian banks, and people from these countries are being charged special new 500 lottie maintenance fees for personal Bank of Georgia accounts and perhaps some other large banks, and a 1,000 lottie fee for corporate ones. There's speculation that the new barriers are due to U.S. government pressure to enforce sanctions on Iran and other countries. Other commentators have noted that some people from African countries, like Cote d'Ivoire, have not been allowed to open Bank of Georgia accounts for years. The, but, the Batumi City Court recently ruled that the Kobaleti mayor's office has to provide water and sewage connections to a Muslim boarding school following a 2016 discrimination lawsuit filed by the public defender's office. The mayor's office has said that they tried to connect the school several times, even with the presence of police, but they were unsuccessful because the Christian neighbors of the school objected. They still may appeal a decision. The school has faced opposition since it initially tried to open in 2014 when a pig's head was nailed to the doors of the school. Since then, Christian groups have held protest rallies and sworn that they will not permit the school to open. A criminal case into the 2014 events is going on at the moment. Public defender was given the authority to take administrative bodies to court for not following recommendations in a 2014 anti-discrimination law, but this is the first time that they have used the power. The 11th Batumi Raptor Count finished on the 16th with a total of 1,145,774 raptors, or birds of prey, 
counted since the 17th of August. The organization counts migratory birds of prey that fly through a bottleneck between the mountains and the sea every autumn, collecting data that can tell scientists about the impact of hunting and other pressures on bird populations. Batumi has the third largest bird bottleneck in the world and is thus a very important site. This year, the project counted counted record numbers of imperial eagles, short-toed snake eagles, and black storks. OC Media covered the recent recording scandals with a nice interactive timeline covering the events from the May lack of conviction of the Chodava Street murders to this week's releases. They also include some details not included in other stories, such as the fact that Subeliani's appointment to the prosecutor's office in 2013 was controversial because his work under the UNM government, where he was accused of politically motivated prosecution of anti-government protesters. Subeliani also apparently blackmailed uh, Corrections Minister Kachi Kachashvili, Kachashvili with a recording from 2013 and claims that the government offered to send him to France for two million lati, but decided to go to prison uh, instead. He also apparently sent his phone to Germany to have the recordings authenticated. Jam News covered Rusaviotti investigation into properties obtained by Otsneba officials since the party came into power in 2012. The investigation found that many luxury properties are officially owned by wives or relatives of officials and that the officials' declaration of wealth from the beginnings of their government service are very different from their current situation. Rustavi, too, used drones to take pictures of some of the properties, which generally look like big houses with some extra amenities, but the article leaves the theorizing about the source of the funds and reasons for registering the houses in other people's names to the imagination. Democracy and Freedom Watch examined the impact of the brown marmorated stink bug that it's had in Gali, Abkhazia, where it has devastated crops, apparently forced residents to return to smuggling and other illegal businesses, which had been largely eradicated in the 2000s. Smuggling is still risky with those caught facing high fines and arrests, but the profits are worth it since the bugs have completely ruined the hazelnuts locals relied on, to, um, relied on selling to survive. Jam News wrote about measles in Georgia, which is one of the top countries in Europe for increasing numbers of measles cases as parents refuse to vaccinate their children. 10% of children under the age of six are not vaccinated as parents are influenced by anti-vaxxers from local NGOs and the internet, possibly amplified by Russian disinformation campaigns that claim that vaccines cause epilepsy, autism, and other problems. Center for Disease Control notes that since the 1990s, there have been no reported problems arising from the measles vaccine, including even mild problems like allergic reactions. Washington Post wrote about Georgian amber wines, which the writer is pleased to see are entering the modern age of wine, whatever that is. He says the ancient Techniques that go into making most of the orange wines make them controversial and really odd to our modern palates and gives them a love them or hate them quality. He reviews a couple of American wines made in a similar way, a white wine fermented in the skin, with the skins on in a manner similar to how red wines are typically made. And then Georgian wines from Baez uh, Wine and Orgo Winery, none of which keep their skins on uh, for longer than three months. This is less than the traditional amount of time, but makes for wines that are delicious bridges between traditional and modern winemaking. All this stuff to read is posted on our forum. This week's dive bar number is 175,000. 
which is the number of khajapuris reportedly eaten during the 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi. The Georgian Astronomy Club is holding an open meeting on the 19th at Tbilisi's old Hippodrome, where attendees can gather together to look at various celestial objects through telescopes, discuss astrology, cosmology, astronomy, and science in general. The Georgian International Festival of Arts in Tbilisi, or GIFT Festival, runs through the 16th of November. This Friday, the 19th, the performance Yokai will be held at the Royal District Theater, combining paper seagulls, dance, magic, poetry, and sheer stupidity. Georgian State Museum of Folk and Applied Art in Tbilisi will host a lecture by Irina Koshoridze on Borchalo and Karachop rugs at 4 p.m. on the 20th, followed by refreshments. Irina Koshoridze is extremely knowledgeable and a really, really interesting speaker. I highly recommend that everybody go to that in, uh, in two days, if at all possible. That's Saturday at 4 p.m. Tbilisi Botanical Gardens will host a bread fest on the 20th and 21st from noon to 5 p.m. The festival was inspired by the garden's collection of old, rare, and endangered Georgian grains and will feature uh, products from a variety of Georgian bread companies. Political scientist Francis Fukuyama will be in Tbilisi's Rooms Hotel on the 23rd at 7.30 p.m. to present his new book, Identity, Contemporary, Contemporary Identity Politics and the Struggle for Recognition. Tbilisi architecture biennial-themed Buildings Are Not Enough begins on the 26th and includes a symposium, exhibition, architectural tour, Tbilisi, and more. The tour, which requires advanced registration, begins at 11 a.m. on the 26th and shows visitors Gul'dani while discussing different types of markets, life in the suburbs, and how life continues in Soviet apartment blocks and in the public spaces that are changing in the face of capitalism. That same day, there will also be a to-be-determined film screening and official opening of Biennial and several exhibitions. Tbilisi's Gallery Nectar presents the exhibition of work by Lanchhuti native Elena Chantladze on display through the 18th of November. Her non-narrative found material works merge bodies and animals into ambiguous images inspired by public events, personal biography, illustrations, and poetic compositions. Tbilisi's Erti Gallery has an exhibition titled Tomorrow Will Be Yesterday on, the, on display through the 5th of December. The six artists from Dagestan, Sweden, Azerbaijan, Chechnya, and Georgia all have some connections to the Caucasus, and their work mostly focuses on history, geopolitics, and ethnic strife in the region. The incredibly cool State Silk Museum in Batumi will host contemporary art exhibitions curated by the newspaper Flamingo, featuring works by 15 Georgian artists accompanied by music on the 20th from 5 to 10. <coughs> The Udabno Community Fest will be held on the 20th from 2 to 9 in uh, Sagarejo Municipality, Cajeti. The, the festival aims to promote the idea of social entrepreneurship and local production in Georgia and will feature social enterprises from various regions as well as opportunities to try local food, wine, folk music, and other educational and entertainment activities. On the 24th, at an unknown time, the British Georgian Society is hosting a wine tasting at London restaurant Tamada. That's it for this week. My Twitter address is at TXTBUK. Our email address is tbilpod at gmail.com or post to the form on our website, www.tbilpod.com. And in honor of all Latino U.S. voters and those who know Spanish speakers in the U.S. who are encouraging them to vote, 
listen to tsunamidevotos.org or uh, turnoutsunami.org. We'll finish with from Mexico City 2009. This is Instituto Mexicano de Sonido and Cumbia. Thank <laughs> you.